spelling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the health and wellness industry. We have a specialty, of course, now in COVID vaccines, bourbon, and devil dog. So I'm here with Dana. Dana, what's up? Oh, you know, plugging along. What an what a, what an intro. We're going to call episode 98, We Need a Nap. I need a nap <laughs> because I'm working, and you need a nap because you got a COVID dose, right? I did, I, I as promised it. by you last week. And um, true to last week's title, the second dose has kicked my butt. Yeah, and... It's funny because Morgan got her second dose, another staff member of mine. And so she was completely out today. Like she texted me like eight hours after she got her shot. She's like, oh my God, it's starting, you know? <laughs> and, but we've given the dose now to 340 seniors and almost all of them are having a great time. They're like already in Cancun with Ted Cruz. They're already yeah. <laughs> gone. And I don't know what it is. And I think what we need to do is find somebody smart to come on, talk to me about the reactions that people are having, because I would love to know there's this big discrepancy in the age group groups, but then there's also the stuff that's going on on the skin that it's really interesting. People are getting what seems to be like a cellulitis in some situations. And it's like five days after the shot, you know? Gross. Yeah. It's weird. It's like wet, warm and red and itchy and it's pretty pronounced. And so I've just been telling people to log it into the VSAFE app that the CDC put out just to Mm -hmm. see if we can get some sort of conclusive data there. But I don't know. It's a, it's a rough one. What kind of symptoms do you have? Uh, Pretty much, you know, what was to be expected like uh, yesterday. Um, I mean, like, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen because the I felt the shot, the first shot, I didn't even feel it. And mm-hmm. then I had very mild symptoms afterward, or I'm sorry, uh, just mild pain. Um, but this time the shot hurt. And then I went to the grocery store afterwards and I was just picking up a few things and the basket I was holding with my left arm. And as soon as I put something in the basket, it was really heavy. I was like, oh, that's frightening. Yeah, And then a half mile walk around the neighborhood took me a half an hour. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Right. And then um, when I woke up this morning, you know, fever, chills, um, like uh, it, it was just so bad. I just wanted to sleep all day. And actually when I woke up, it wasn't terrible, but I was like, oh, today is probably going to suck. And then as the day progressed, it got like worse and, you know, like my skin hurt. And so when I would get a chill, like the goosebumps would really hurt. And my arm was just killing me. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I was drinking soup. Cause I, you know, it was like, you know, flu symptoms. And then finally I started to get just like a really bad headache. And I was like, I have to eat something solid because I need some Advil. There's no way I'm going to make it through the rest of the day without any sort of medication. But I was just like so weak by then. I mean, it really, I was like in a pathetic state, but I was like, you can do it. The kitchen is 12 feet away. You can get there and you can microwave a burrito. Yeah. I totally would have went to McDonald's, but whatever. (laughs) I think it's very healthy to eat McDonald's because the poisons will eat the bad humors that the vaccines can cause. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a scientific fact, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really want, I mean, I was like, before we get started, I, I said, what can we talk about that is anything to do with my life right now, (laughs) which is just COVID vaccines and supplements. So um, yeah, I mean, 
the entire country is talking about COVID vaccines. Erin is a big NPR fan and she just listens to it constantly. Uh, and that's literally the entire conversation, it seems. And so I guess mm -hmm. we're not going to be any different. Um, I know last week we had talked about directly to the other practitioners that listen to my podcast. So the supplement school freebie is now available for pharmacists at drneilsmoller.com slash courses. And that is a little quick down and dirty uh, supplement school course that I stood up to teach people about what I've done with COVID vaccines, because here's what's happening now is that there's no doses and everybody's kind of standing around with a thumb in their butts and don't really know what's real, what's not. Am I going to get doses? I don't know what to do. And then all of the doses are going to fall on our heads soon and, and it's yeah. going to be crazy. So I really feel like everybody has to get their game plan in order now. And one of the things that I was talking about was like the metrics and what are the bottlenecks that can go on in a, in a clinic and when should you handle the paperwork and, and, you know, how to deal with inequities and, and all of that stuff. So it's like, you know, for the past five or six weeks, we've been living this stuff and like really executing and getting it done well. So we just kind of put it together in a little little video series that Dana just chopped up for me. She didn't do much fancy at all. She just kind of chopped her up for me and, uh, and put it together. And people say it's great. So I'm happy so far Yay. that uh, people like it. But again, it's drneilsmoller.com slash courses. If you are a healthcare practitioner that can immunize, watch the damn course and you can, you know, see what we're doing. Uh, I am ready, Dana. Mm-hmm based on some prodding from some important people and some friends and mm -hmm. um, the threat of potentially getting um, thousands of doses soon when they get released from these federal caches, um, oh I'm ready to be able to process 1,700 doses per day. I believe that- Get out of here. 1,700. 700. Oh, no, no, wait. I'm sorry. We did a little over 500 that one day. Yeah. That was busy. It was busy. It wasn't chaotic, but we were yeah. certainly busy. Yeah. How do you expect to do 1700 in a day? Well, it's not going to be at that facility. That's got to be the, <laughs> the first thing we understand. So I think we could have easily, that day, we could have easily hit 700 in that time period without much change at all to our day. Um, I think we can probably get to 1000 in that facility there. I think if we did a 10 hour day, a hundred per hour, um, you know, that's pretty much where, where my head is at. I think that we can get to 1700 a day. So let me, let me talk through this. So first and foremost, you know, I got a text message from my, I was saying to my wife, I want to immunize 10,000 people. That's my goal. I want to be able to look back 15 years from now and say that I did 10% of my county or whatever, you know, yeah. and I want to say that personally, I did that. Right. And so, um, I was just like, it's just frustrating. I just wish they would give me the doses. They're giving the doses to freaking Walgreens and they're giving it a hundred. And like, there's pharmacists that are like, Oh man, we, we did a hundred doses and two pharmacists and four technicians. And I'm like, Jesus, I did that by myself in two hours. Let's go, you know, like give me the doses yeah. and, and we're driving all around. I'm like, I just want the doses. So, so I'm like frustrated and, uh, you know, universe, give me a sign. And then like, 15 minutes later, my buddy texts me and he's like, hey, we just uh, might be getting doses directly from the CDC now, our little group. And wow. uh, I'm like, dude, give me 10,000 doses. And I, <laughs> he starts cracking up. He says, I, I literally said that. <laughs> I said, we got a guy that can do 10,000 doses. And I started panicking, thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> I just uh, talk smack, talk myself into you know some trouble. you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then I started to think, is that possible and plausible? Right. So what does that look like? So 
let's do some math here, everybody, because this is how I, I kind of think about it. So 10,000 doses in a week, we have to get rid of them inside of seven days. So six days, because so, I want a day of rest, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's 1,700 a day. I'll do the math for you. And if we do a 10-hour block, which I think works really well, because then you can do volunteers in five-hour shifts and nobody feels like they're going to you know, like die. You know, mm. um, so first and foremost, that's about 170 an hour. Yep. It's a lot of people. And so what we've been doing right now is really capping it out at about six people every five minutes. Right. Right. So that's 72 people every hour that we're moving through. Yes. That is what I got in right. my head. Right. Exactly. So 72 people every hour is where we're at now. And you have said it, it's busy, but it's not hectic or chaotic or anything like that. It's just, yeah. you're, you're going to be working like pretty much nonstop with very little downtime through that whole time. Right. And so if we have to get to 170, that's basically two and a half times what we're already doing. So that doesn't mean that those six people are doing two and a half times the work. All it means is that we just need two and a half times the people, right? So if we right. literally took our tables and what we do is we put two people at a table. So that way they're socially distanced. And then there's three tables. And so if you envision it, two tables are pushed against the wall and one's in the middle. So then there's two little aisles in between both of the tables that people can kind of get funneled through, right? Nice and wide and, you know, handicap accessible. So we've got our six folks on that line. So then why can't we just replicate that and just do that a few more times? And where could you do that? I don't know, like huge cafeterias, gymnasiums, those kinds of things, warehouses. So if you had two and a half or just to say three of those stations, you could be processing those 170 people every hour with the same amount of energy and effort that would be going on with six people every five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And or 70 people every hour. So, so that's component one, right? How do we check in physically that many people? Now, right now, we have one back of the house or like manager type person that's kind of supervising those six folks, especially the first hour, half hour, just as they're kind of learning what to do and what not to do. You know, they have to learn how to fill out the forms. They've never done this before. They have to know what questions to ask. So we train them before, but then we have to kind of go over that. So I would say then we would need three managers, right? So now we have 14 volunteers uh, to get to that number and then three managers there, right? And so we're at 17 folks, right? And then, you know, over a 10 hour period, again, a pharmacist that has doses ready for them and the patient's already ready to go, already been screened, multiple times, right? Mm. The the rate limiting step isn't injecting the person. The rate limiting step is them taking their coat off, <laughs> right? Yes. So and that's the hardest part. So, I mean, even a conservative number of 40 every hour, I believe is very obtainable. Again, if a pharmacist is just grabbing a dose and sticking in your arm, ringing a bell, the ringing of the bell takes longer. So, um, so 40 every hour, right? So if we're doing um, 1700 doses, divided by 10, right? 170. And we're mm -hmm. doing 40 every hour. It's about four immunizers, right? So if you had four people immunizing, they're doing 40 every hour. That's about 160. And then me farting around politic and doing that kind of thing. So I'll pick up the slack on the last 10, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you've got four immunizers with the three managers and 14 check-in people. And then you need a big, big place to put everybody to wait. And how many people can you expect to be there at any given time? Well, 14 people that just got their vaccine, 14 people that are five minutes in, and 14 people that are five minutes 
or uh, 10 minutes in, right? So that's a total of uh, three times uh, 14 is 42, if I, if I recall. And so we have 42 people that have to be kind of observed and then maybe an, add on another 14. So you got about a total of 50, 60 people that you have to be able to keep your eye on. So then you would need one or two EMT level volunteers to just kind of watch that crowd, right? Right. And so, so I, it, none of that to me sounds hard, right? All we need in that situation are the volunteers, which we have like 60 people signed up right now. And then yeah. we would need all of that space. That's the rate limiting step here is how, how big of a space you have, right? So I, I, I'm cocky dude, right? And like I've bitten off way more than I can chew here and it's paid off. I think 1700 a day is a piece of cake. What do you think? Does it sound, does it I, sound it less sounds- daunting? It does. Yeah. And actually I was just sort of thinking about spaces around the county that we could use. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, the, my old synagogue, unfortunately, the congregation has disbanded because everyone, everyone that I grew up with, except for me, moved out of Kingston. So there, there weren't enough Jews uh, to fill this huge synagogue. Yeah. But it's, it's huge. And I think it could accommodate what you just described. Yeah, I think that there's uh, a number of facilities uh, like very close to uh, highways and such. And I mean, I wouldn't want to do the 1700 for the inequity groups. I feel like those are the transportation issues. Those are the um, less mobile folks, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like those should be the the younger crowd, the 65 to 74, the 65 to 80 that are like still doing yoga and Pilates and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, so when I, I first said, yeah, give me 10K, um, I was like, wait, what did I just say? And then I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't that big of a deal. And that's the point here is that what we should be looking at when we're doing these clinics is like, <clears throat> how many people can we process every five minutes? And I've kind of proven definitively that six people every five minutes or about 72 people an hour is a very uh, easy pace to maintain. And so uh, and then it really depends on what you're doing with the doses. If your doses are pre-drawn for your clinic, right, mm-hmm. uh, then it makes it a million times easier. So let's talk about that. So we actually have been doing second dose clinics, right? And mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I want people to hear this like behind the scenes stuff because I think it's really, I think it's interesting, like this workflow management, but then sure. just like how... It's crazy how much of a nightmare it is in some places, <laughs> like hearing yeah. what people are doing so wrong. And uh, so... Second dose clinics are really interesting because the first dose clinics are the, obviously their first dose, but it's like the first time that we're introducing ourselves to patients. And a lot of these folks don't go to my pharmacy. So we'd have to do a a tremendous amount of data entry, right? And so we have to capture all of the information too. And the biggest hurdle is our insurance nightmare. If we had single payer in this system where everybody has the same primary insurance, right? And it's all just, this is your ID number. It's sort of like a social security number. That's how life would be radically easier. There's no change in the rules. There's no kickbacks based on BS. And it's actually based, the the recommendations would be based on science. Single payer, they set the rules. This is the group, boom. And then like, it would would literally take away probably 30% of our efforts in this endeavor have been just mm-hmm. trying to identify what insurance people have and to get the proper information, right? So, so it's crazy. So the first dose clinic is doing all of that mayhem, 
right? So we have to make copies and we have to get all their information and we have to, you know, give them the paperwork and go over stuff. Uh, but the second dose clinic is just them saying, I'm back, give me the shot. So we know that they're not going to die when we know them already. We have all their information. So we're just, again, verifying that they are the right person. So we're just kind of checking their ID and, uh, then we're literally just saying, okay, sign this paperwork and go wait for Neil. And as I said, the rate limiting step was putting, taking people's coats off. Um, I had all of my doses drawn up. Uh, the first clinic we did was a hundred dose, second dose clinic, right? So mm -hmm. the doses in the syringes are good for six hours, right? And the Moderna vaccine. So I, mm -hmm. at the store, drew up all the doses, put them in a nice little cleaned plastic box that I had at the clinic with me. And it took me like an hour, but I was just kind of BSing with people as they were coming in, right? And so I, I have a hundred doses, and uh, they would check in, and they would, it, it would take more time for them to peel off the forty-five layers. And I was like starting to get irritated, like guys, what are you doing? I've already said I will put a garden hose on you if you don't wear a t-shirt. <laughs> and you're they're just like, and so we ended up going from needing six volunteers on the front because we thought, okay, well, we're still processing the six people every five minutes to only needing two volunteers. So that's how much more efficient it is when you have all of that information already captured from people, right? That you, you yeah. keep one third the amount of folks checking in. And so we basically easier workflow, um, all of their their claims were actually already built. So we, the day before went through the list of a hundred people and queued up their their order for that day right so that way we could just print out the labels and then we even just stuck them right onto their sheets so literally the the people stood up and they turned around and they found your name in the in alphabetical order and then your sheet was already 90 percent done and you just had to sign it you know and it really so, was so much easier so much so much easier i sent dana home i'm like you don't need to be here because yeah. i'm paying you the volunteers are here for free so let's go so <laughs> So, oh, I noticed. I, I figured that was the reason. Yeah. I'm like, come on, I'm not making any money on this crap. I gotta, gotta, <laughs> let's go. Um, so it was really interesting to kind of see the the how little the in in effort it really needed. The the second second dose clinic was kind of interesting. So I'm gonna share a little anecdote about what happened now. Um, I think we talked about the second doses and how like litigating cancellations on second dose clinic. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to jump off a bridge. I think we kind of mentioned that. So just to reiterate, because I think people need to hear how this works. So I know a lot of people haven't gotten their first dose yet, right? So and they're like, why are you talking about second dose? Because I think it's really important to understand because as I was saying, there's a, a group of folks that the privilege starts to show almost immediately, right? Like, like as soon as they get their first dose, they're like, you know what? I got this thing, you know, I, I don't want to come yeah. back, you know? And so I have to like kind of hip check those people. But if you think about it, the people that I've been immunizing have been some of the oldest and sickest people. So I had two, two people die in between their first dose and second dose clinic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're just from sickness and old age or whatever. I had um, mm. multiple people admitted to uh, acute care facilities, right? Some folks were getting transferred to long-term care facilities. And, and so if you refuse the second dose. So again, the first dose has come to me and then the second dose has come automatically. The first catch is that if I get 20% extra doses out of the vial, I have to hope to God that I do that the second time. And that's what happened with Dana. I got 13 doses out of one vial. Dana got that extra dose. Cause I'm like, I got to immunize you. Right. And mm -hmm. so, but I didn't do that again. I didn't repeat that for the second dose. And then we had to move her to the next clinic the next week. Right. Mm -hmm. So, 
that's the first catch is that you have to hope that you get the same um, extra amount out of that vial, which it's kind of funny because the BD Integris syringes are known to do that. And so now they're on long-term back order until May. Wow. Yeah. I had my friends at the different pharmacies because I was getting doses. I had them just shipping me some. I've got about 4,000 box, uh, 4,000 uh, syringes right now. But after mm-hmm. that, they're all gone. You know, like I won't have them again. So, um, so I'm set for at least, I hope maybe like a week's worth of syringes, but like, uh, after that, like I won't have it. So that's pretty crazy because everybody knows that you can get extra doses and everybody wants to immunize more people and da, 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 da. So, um, so that's the first catch. And then the second catch is that, um, you know, because of that stability factor, right? So if one person moves, I can't keep a multi-dose vial with just a couple doses in it and give it to people as it's convenient for them to have them just stop by the store. Because as soon as the dose thaws from refrigerate to room temperature, it's six hours and that's it. So I would have to literally move 12 people because I'm getting 12 doses out of each vial to another day. And like to try to do that would be a nightmare, right? So, So my speech is, you're getting that dose on that day. You're going to go to the same exact place that you want and you're going to get that dose because there's a dose there waiting for you. Right. Right. And so then we had seven people cancel uh, and the second dose clinic. So now how, how, what do you do? Right. Like how do you handle that? So um, it's really, really rough. So um, what I, so I went to, this was the week that we did our pilot work with a community group. Right. So we went to a Baptist church in Kingston they were a little gun shy, didn't really know what was going on. About 12 of them said, yes, everybody else was kind of like, I don't really, I, I don't know, like, cause it's too new. And cause it was literally like week two of January, right. That we did this. And, right. and uh, so we only had 12 folks. So we get there this time and I gave them some help because the clinic was at 10 15 and they all got there like 10 30. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. You get, got to get here on time. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, but then one of them was admitted to a, a nursing home. Right. And so I'm standing here after going on and on about inequities and how we have to go above and beyond and try to help people. Right. And then she's in a nursing home and I'm going to basically look at this pastor and say, go fish. Right. She's got to figure it out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go do it. And like, this was the one time that I will ever do this because I had to drive 25 minutes to this nursing home, fight my way in because now I have to convince everybody that I'm safe to come in and that, uh, that I can administer a dose to somebody in a a skilled nursing facility. I have to get approval from everybody. And then I have to fight my way out because on the way out, they're like, Oh, he's got doses. Can you immunize our people? (laughs) (laughs) You should have said, just bring her to the front door and I'll stand outside (laughs) to stick it in her shoulder. (laughs) Should have done that. So, and like, you know, so, so I went there. So that was 25 minutes. And then that was that now 45 minutes back from Woodstock. So basically we lost about an hour, 15 hour, 20 of prep for the clinic. So we literally got there as the clinic was about to start, like our volunteers were getting there. So I had no time to drop any doses. I had no time to even get paperwork ready. We were like printing as we were walking out of the door and had them bring the papers over. So that's what added a lot of stress to this week's second dose clinic. But, um, you know, it was, it was this idea that a second dose could have been missed because of an admission to a, 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 a skilled nursing facility. 
So I, I was telling folks because there was probably three or four more people that would have canceled, but I'm like, you got to come. And they, they just drove the people to the curb and our bouncers, uh, uh, first responder. So he's outside monitoring them so I can keep stabbing people inside. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just nuts. Right. So I, I think that you have to understand about second doses that they're really earmarked. You're going back to the same exact place that you got your second dose period, end of sentence. Don't, don't do anything. And if you have to, then you're going to have to like figure it out on your own, which, you know, again, if you're in a hospital or long-term care facility, they may have second doses available to give. So then I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the second dose stuff, because now I've got, so, so seven cancels, Dana um, is one. So I've got six doses I've got to give away. So I, what am I going to do? I maintain, how do you maintain a standby list for second doses? Because it's a narrow right. window. You can only get them two days early and you can get it up to two weeks late. So then I'm standing there trying to figure out the math, right? And I, I can't do math right now. My brain is just fried of what the date range is. Okay. So if you got your first dose of Moderna from the 6th of January to the 26th of 22nd of January, and you're and you have not gotten your second dose yet and you're not scheduled with me to get your second dose anytime soon can you please message me on facebook here uh share this far and wide right sure enough what happens my my cell the phone at the store just goes off the hook people are telling my staff that neil told me to call them people are just showing up at the store people are coming to the clinic right and oh and we can only immunize 65 and above right and i said yeah. that i said 65 and above moderna second dose clinic and so like we're like having to like beat down the zombies to make sure that they're you know they're not trying to like infiltrate <laughs> and everything like that and um we actually ended up finding um a couple seniors to fill the spot, but we had to use teachers for the rest of it. So the only time that I'm allowed to immunize somebody outside of 65 plus is if it's like last chance, you know, like yeah. everything's going to get wasted. And so I, <laughs> we immunized a couple of teachers that I know from Sargates, which is really cool. And nice. then um, we ended up losing a syringe. I think um, like we didn't recover a full dose. So like, I ended up having to just toss it because it wasn't a full ah. dose anyway. And so then, so then that brings it down. And so then it was perfect. Right. Um, and you know, one of the things that I was about to do is I have a number of people, of course, that want their first dose and here's what has to happen. You have to call the state and get authorization to give that as a first dose, a second dose as a first dose. So you have to call their hotline, good luck, right? And, mm -hmm. and get authorization. And then the patient basically has to go fish two weeks, uh, four weeks from now, because that dose, that was an allocated second dose, not an allocated first dose. And I'm just yeah. like the entire time I'm stress eating M&Ms because somebody brought me M&Ms and yeah. even devil dogs, somebody made me homemade devil dogs and I had 40 of them in, in a day. And, uh, and, and I'm just like, how do I figure this out? And I've just decided that when this is all over, I'm not dealing with public communication ever again. I'm never going to have to talk to like the entire population of a county. I, I don't want to ever do that <laughs> ever again. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to do. And you know, what's good is that it's actually not just me. Um, I've noticed that um, like the CDC sent an email to uh, the pharmacy groups and they're like, sorry, we messed up our email. Sorry for the confusion. I'm like, Oh, at least it's not just me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even the CDC is doing it, but yeah. um 
so yeah, so the second dose clinics are really interesting because it's such a radical reduction in the in the workload, and there's so many things that you can do to kind of speed up the process to make it even smoother. Um, so it's like it's been a dream so far. And then so next week is our our second dose clinic, the big one. We have our roadshow second dose clinic, and then we have our 500 person piece. And I had pharmacists immunized before, but. Uh, some folks are getting authority to use nurses. And I really want to try that. I want to try using some nurses to immunize that day. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. So that's the second dose kind of scoop. Um, I think we've gone over enough stuff. One of the things that's really uh, interesting and frustrating about um, the clinics, if you're at the clinic in the last like two hours, you'll see me like doing the Zach Galifianakis uh, numbers GIF basically, where I'm like, like staring off in the distance and like there's numbers up, uh, around my head because I'm doing <laughs> high, higher level math. Um, it's the worst because it's all paper, right? So I've got a bunch of spreadsheets. I've got somebody checking people in who's come, who hasn't, what time they've come in. And then all of the the volunteers are screening people and they're marking who they've taken care of. And then we have one person in the back of the house that's keeping track of all the paperwork, right? So we're constantly having to reconcile the front versus the back numbers versus the number of doses I've actually drawn up and how many doses are left and how many people we're expecting and all of this stuff. And we're just constantly doing this math. So that way no doses are left. And I'm not sitting there for two hours waiting for somebody to come, right? Yeah. So I'm actually developing an app. I'm going to develop an app. So uh, I'm going to develop a little app. That's where we're all working into a little, the same spreadsheet. And so I'm actually going to have that for probably the next time I see you, Dana, because it'll be really cool. Yeah. So each role will have an iPad. And I feel like iPads are the way to fly here. Um, or everybody could use their phone. It's like they have to have a secure kind of login or whatever. And right. um, and then you can kind of like somebody comes to check in, you, you hit hit their name and then you mark checked in and then it timestamps and it says that they're done. And so then when I vaccinate them, I say left arm vaccinated. So then in the master spreadsheet, we're keeping track of who vaccinated, uh, which patient and which arm. And then it keeps a running tally of these are the expected number of people. These are the number of people that left. These are the number of people that are um, late. These are the number of people that um, of doses that you have remaining. So um I think that'll help out a ton just to be able to look at any given time and know what the number is, you know? Totally. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff I didn't even consider when we were doing all of this stuff. And I'm sure people, when you're hearing about the vaccination effort, you're hearing about kind of the problems right now. And we're going to certainly talk about that, but like hearing the logistical side and the operations, I'm a pharmacist, dude. Like, what am I doing running these mass immunization clinics? Like <laughs> I'm, I'm the national guard. Right. So I just think it's cool to kind of hear how, it can be done so quickly, you know, and, and easily. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to just touch on real quick, because again, it's just like a nice little quick podcast uh, here tonight because I need a nap. The, I don't know. I don't think that this is a success story. I drove four hours to get a vaccine dose like that isn't a success story to me. And I'm kind of getting a little irritated with it. Mm -hmm. And you can understand why, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really an act of desperation and it shows how we are failing, or I guess how the government is failing its citizens. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even at that point yet. I don't feel, I feel like, well, you know, Trump or messed this up, right? So this could have been yeah. done better. What we're feeling now, I feel a much greater efficiency and the in the supply chain and the communication 
Mm-hmm. And like hope for a future, the rate of immunizations has rapidly increased in this country. Like I think we're almost at like two million a day. Um, oh, wow. So if you think about it, we'll have the entire population done technically by May, as long as the supply ramps up as it is. And then Pfizer and Moderna are saying that they're going to be ahead about a month, or if not sooner on their delivery of their doses for us. So all of that stuff is great. So I really believe that we'll all be immunized. I, I said June before, and I, like mm-hmm. I used to say September. So like I said, June, I think it's going to be May now based on what's going on. But you know, this idea that I drove four hours to get a dose, that sh- that's the inequities showing again, right? That's somebody saying, I have the time and the resources to get in a car and go four hours away just so I can get a dose. And then that dose is being taken away from somebody in that community that could potentially use it better, right? That is an excellent point. You know? And so I've kind of gotten to this point, like, I'm not going to change anybody's behavior, right? So that's not what I do uh, ever. And like, it's something I've come to peace with. People are buying vitamin C for COVID. They're doing their zinc protocols, all of that stuff. I'm not changing anybody's mind with the better information, but what I'm trying to say here, people is like, please, 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 please stop doing that. Um, You know, if a clinic is like, we're desperate, we need to get rid of doses and you're going to drive four hours and it's going to save the day. Great. But I would much rather local doses stay with local people. There are way too many people that are traveling way too far to get these doses and they're taking them out of the communities that they're being delivered to. And it's certainly not people that don't have transportation issues, don't have internet, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's a futile effort. Your dose is coming. We've done this. It's coming up on a year. We are one month away from the the day I pulled the plug on everybody and said, it's time to freaking lock down, right? So we're almost yeah. one month away. We've been doing this for some time. You wear your masks, you social distance, you wash your hands, you don't sneeze in somebody's face and you're going to be fine, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and then within, within two months, the weather is going to change here, right? And we're all going to be outside. We'll uh, have less of that. The surge is over, right? Mm-hmm. Things are getting back to normal. And like, and that's not, and that's assuming that everything stays on this constant, but now that there's more people that have been immunized than have gotten coronavirus, right. And that, that number is on the, on the rise while the cases are decreasing, this picture is going to look prettier and prettier every week, you know? So please stop taking the doses from other folks. Like don't leave your community for your dose. And if somebody's coming into your community, I think you should throw rocks at their car. (laughs) Um, <laughs> don't we do that anyway? We're very small towns. <laughs> yeah. And here in Woodstock, we do that. We're very. <laughs> they definitely do that in Onion Town. And if <laughs> listeners don't know what Onion Town is, Google it. It is remarkable. Uh, yeah. I don't know what Onion Town is. So <laughs> it is this lawless town in Dutchess County. It's like you should you should look it up too, just as a fun aside. Interesting. I will yeah. definitely. I'm making a note to Google Onion Town and be shocked. So, um, Yeah. So I wanted to basically say, you know, the CDC is going to start shipping directly to pharmacy pharmacies. The doses are going to start to flow a little bit more. I think that, you know, if I can help it, I'll be immunizing at least 10,000 people myself. I want to do even more than that. Um, So give me those doses. If you have any friends, Um, I got nothing else, Dana. So unless you got something you want to cover. Uh, well, you know, I just was thinking about like what you were just saying as far as like, don't leave your community. There is an effort um, fronted by Emmanuel Macron, who is, you know, the, the I guess, the prime minister of France, trying to allocate um, percentages of doses from wealthy countries 
to uh, impoverished countries, um, specifically Africa, because obviously there's, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but there's a large French population, you know, in Northern Africa, but that's sort of an aside and people can look up that article, but it's just an interesting, you know, I think it's a very noble cause and it has a lot of people prickled because they're like, well, we need the doses here too, but there's a lot of countries who can't get their hands on doses at all. So that's just, that's another issue that's going on with equitable distribution around the world. Yeah. I think, yeah, Erin actually said that to me. She said, when people are, you know, kind of giving your smack is like, we had a dude at the store. um, Basically he was pointing out how my system is completely broken. He's like, your system is completely broken. You should like, if I came in and I, I submitted my name first uh, you should send the email, you know, if you have a hundred doses, you send it to the next hundred people based on when they signed up. And I'm like, sir, great idea, right? Because that's what you would logically think. But what happens is you send out to a hundred people, they share it to a hundred of their friends because that's what the agreement everybody has. And then those hundred people are boxed out by people that are faster on the draw that are near the email. So I'm not going to wait for individuals to sign up. I need to fill these clinics and get rid of these doses, right? And I said, and then even if like numbers 80 to 80 nine, they got their dose already. So then do I have to now send out nine more emails and like do, you know, a separate email and just keep waiting? It doesn't make any sense. So sorry, sir. And, but he wouldn't like give it up and he was being like super Mm -hmm. rude. And I said, this this is, you don't get it. Like you had pretty blue eyed Avery in my store being kind to you. And now you're going to get like the Tasmanian devil in your face. Like I, I'm looking for a reason to unleash some of this pent up frustration, right? Like, please say something, right? So (laughs) I wish a mofo would. So like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, there's all of that. So we, so we, we have this idea that I want my dose. There's a better, fair system, bad energy folks, right? We have to be celebrate Mm -hmm. every single dose, but then there's, there's like 180 countries that haven't gotten a single dose yet. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like, how dare we? Like, again, we are in a really, really great spot right now. So we have to be super happy and helpful. Uh, happy just for everybody, I guess. Is really yeah. What I'm just trying to say. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. I, I don't know if there's anything else that we can cover. I mean, I haven't even looked at any of the supplement nonsense that's been going on. Uh, you know, this is uh, it's just a lot going on. The Dr. Neil website is coming along. We're, we're moving the store from Woodstock Vitamins over to the Dr. Neil site, which is cool. And now that I've got the Exciting. supplement school piece going, that's going to be plugged in there. I'm developing our new supplements, the new Vital 5. I'm going to do a photo shoot. I'm going to cross oh my, my arms. I'm going to, that, that's what my, my, uh, Instagram chick said, Instagram chick. That's what my <laughs> social media director said, um, Kate. So she was like, uh, you need pictures of you crossing your arms. I'm like, okay, we'll do that. So we're going to do like a little photo shoot and like, we're going to snazz it up and make it look nice and pretty. So that's exciting that hopefully when COVID is over, we will have that to mm-hmm. share with everybody and be able to rock and roll. But really I need a nap, Dana. Me too. All right. Well, I guess just, you know, tell your friends how great a a time that you're having here with us as we talk about double dogs and COVID vaccines. Uh, But again, anyway, (laughs) join us again on the podcast that helps you redefine holistic and call out the BS in the wellness space. So on behalf of Dana, it's me, Dr. Neil, saying thank you and catch you next week.